Hello and welcome to Easy Operations, episode 42. This is your podcast where we talk about video games, movies, TV shows, and other cool stuff that we've been up to. My name is Ron, and this week I'm joined by James. Yo, yo, yo. And usually we're joined by Mondo, who is uh, not with us today. He is going to a Clippers game, so uh, hopefully the team wins and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, James, how you doing? Doing good, man. Just uh, back from the Super Bowl weekend. Felt like it's been pretty busy. How about yourself? Uh, been busy too. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I did. I actually heard most of it on the radio. I was coming up from San Diego County, uh, so I was hearing it on the radio, and uh, I didn't actually watch it until probably four, five minutes left into the game. Oh, that's a pretty um, good game. But you know what's funny that I know it was a good game, but what I noticed today is that the Madden curse is still in full effect because <laughs> uh, Brady was on the cover of Madden 18. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he didn't get injured, though. He was just... Okay, uh, he didn't get injured, Bowl. but he blew it. He blew <laughs> it. <laughs> he did blow it. Uh, his O-line <laughs> failed him at that last <laughs> crucial uh, drive they had. So uh, everybody wins when the Patriots uh, lose. So uh, good for the Eagles. Yeah. Did you watch any of these uh, Super Bowl trailers while we're on the I, subject? I did. Uh, watch, since I watched the game from beginning to end, I uh, saw pretty much all of them. And uh, a, a lot of the consumer product stuff was whatever. Um, I think the best one out of those was the Tide ads. Uh, it has um, the actor from Stranger Things, the Detective Hopper guy. Those were entertaining and really funny. Uh, but beyond that, everything else was just whatever. I didn't find any of them uh, memorable. Did you get to watch any of those? Wait, so you you didn't freak out over uh, the solo trailer? No, I wasn't referring to the movie trailers. I'm just th- speaking specifically for the consumer oh, product okay. stuff. You know what? Like no, and all that stuff. I didn't uh, we can any- talk about trailers if you want. I said I liked a lot of them. Well, uh, just tell me non-spoiler impressions of Solo. Uh, okay. Quick impressions. It looks like a more. I guess fun, quote unquote, fun take on Star Wars. It's kind of funny. It looks a lot like Guardians of the Galaxy uh, in terms of its tone. So really, it's it's weird how it comes uh, full circle where Guardians felt kind of like a Star Wars esque type of movie when that initially came out, and now the it feels like uh, the Han Solo is kind of a a similar take where um, just kind of like a ragtag uh, group is out doing something out there. So uh, I. I would have been more happy if it was a Lando movie because right now, uh, based on just a quick impression, I'm not sold on the actor that plays uh, Han Solo uh, as of yet. Um, something about his delivery just doesn't uh, sit well with me or just I'm not used to it yet. So that's all I could say with that. Yeah, those are big shoes to fill. And uh, it seems like uh, potentially Lando may steal the show here because uh, what I did see on Twitter, I didn't want to watch the trailer because um, I like to go in clean. But uh People freaking out over Lando, and he had a big coat, and that made everyone freak out. <laughs> Spoiler, bro. <laughs> uh, another one, of course, it's uh, you know it's going to be good as Avengers Infinity War trailer. Uh, don't need to speak too much about that because that looks awesome regardless. Um, but the one that was super surprising and actually uh, am mega hyped on it is the trailer for uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, the, the latest Mission Impossible one just looks really... 
really stepped it up in terms of its crazy stunts on there. And it has uh, Superman in it, your boy. So um, With his mustache, by the way. With his mustache. So you'll see it in full glory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no CGI blocking it. <laughs> no CGI moth Superman this time. But yeah, that looks good. Uh, the Rocks movie, Skyscraper, looks... Uh, it was very short, uh, very brief, but it looks just like Die Hard. Um, so I'm, I'm in, regardless. It, it doesn't look original, but uh, it looks fun. So I'll get, leave it at that. Okay, well, lots of good trailers for there. Mm-hmm. Well, aside from the Super Bowl, what else uh, did you get to do over the weekend? Uh, this weekend, I did a experience at Downtown Disney called uh, the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire experience uh, in this location called The Void. Uh, what this place specializes in is in these kind of uh, super fully immersive uh, VR experiences. And I'll tell you what, it, it literally blew our minds uh, when we did this. I think it's, it was totally worth it. It's a little expensive. It was about like uh, $30 for, I think, 20 minutes. Um, it's not like it's a time thing. It's just this is the whole uh, think of it like a show. Like you go into it, it's good. it takes it's twenty minutes of this thing that you're experiencing, and then you're done. But um, I think you would totally dig it. So basically, pretty much, you go in groups of four. Uh, I was with um, my wife and her cousin, and uh, her, it's only four, so it's pretty much our group. And it, to give it kind of like a VR, um, a VR game mixed with puzzle room aspects. So basically. Uh, they go you go into this room where you actually like wear this kind of like a vest type thing and then you put this big headset not a headset kind of like a helmet that covers your ears and then the visor is the the eyes and we and they they, they once they've staged us they put us into this room uh and then once you immediately like the my the first mind-blowing aspect of it is the moment you put down the visor you immediately see everyone else in your team in your like literally from half a second of uh, your your real life form and then when you close the visor everyone turns into a stormtrooper it looks so cool because like you pick a color before you start so you know who's who based on the color that you picked for your stormtrooper and i guess this is canon because it had the actors in the um, uh doing kind of like the pre pre-roll footage and all that stuff so i would say the timeline of this if uh, the sequence is during rogue one because uh, it has um, Cassian, I, th- I think that's his name, from Rogue One, uh, giving you the mission. And oh. what you do is you, you're you uh, in disguise as stormtroopers infiltrating uh, this base in Mustafar uh, to get some information and take it back. It's like uh, plans for something. But it, it, it's really crazy. So basically, you put on the visor. You feel like when you get shot, the little hits. Um, you you have to physically walk and do all this stuff because uh, I, I guess you're actually in rooms. So and you do you solve puzzles together, and it's crazy. There'll be a segment where you actually pick up a physical gun, but you'll see it in 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 your vision as you're holding a stormtrooper gun and you're like firing back. It was so worth it. I, my mind was uh, completely blown. I'd be looking forward to. Uh, if the, this particular location does other sequences outside of Star Wars, um, I know that one's probably going to be there for a while because that's a big seller, I would imagine, because it's due to it being that licensed franchise. But highly recommended, probably just even to do once in your life. I, it, it just totally blew my mind playing that. I, I And everyone had such a, a positive reaction after it because it was just crazy. And this, it was the funniest moment is when... Um, uh, 
when my wife put on, or when my, my wife displayed in the game, she's short. So she was a short stormtrooper in <laughs> compared to uh, me and the other two, which were kind of the same height. It just looked hilarious because she looked so, it was like a little midget <laughs> stormtrooper <laughs> that was in there. But uh, uh, I, I would recommend it, Ron, if you ever have time to go down there just so- to experience that once. How could you see out of the device if it's virtual reality? Isn't it cover your vision completely? Well, you—that's the crazy part. You're wearing a visor and you're in in the world that you're in, but you still move around. You move around in the game world or whatever sequence you're in. So, but you physically do it. So it's not like you're you're using a controller or anything like that. You walk to. They built the game inside there, I guess, based on the rooms that you're physically in. I never saw how the real rooms looked in real life. Um, but you walk through it, you you go through mazes, you press buttons. It's crazy. It's hard to explain. Like you physically do it. It's not well, like it's you're like a one to one ratio for whatever you're doing. Yes, yes. It's not perfect. Like the your you can put your hands up. You see your hands do all that stuff. But um, uh, what things like distance to the wall and all that stuff, you kind of keep your hand out and you can kind of sense that it's not as far as it could be. But it it's totally immersive, man. Like when you when you're like feeling hot when you're high, you. It feels high. You look down and it feels like there's nothing there. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's like the best uh, like arcade game you can ever play. <laughs> Let's just think, think of it like that. If you're down to do it one day or just for the heck of it, I'll be down to go with you just for, if you want to try it. So that sounds interesting. It is a little bit pricey. Uh, here's my Very other question. Uh, did anyone get like motion sick kind of no, being in the visor not, and all that? Not, a, not at all. Uh, to be honest, uh, the only thing I felt initially when they were doing the staging, putting the, the equipment on you, um, I initially got immediate because uh, I have a, a, a claustrophobia. And when you first put on the visor, there's no nothing showing on the screen, it's just darkness and has a little picture. Uh, it kind of freaked me out for a bit because, you know, it covered your ears, it's, you're covering your eyes. And you can't hear anything because uh, it's just uh, whatever speakers is on your ear. But you can hear each other in the game. I guess there's a mic. You can hear each other. Uh, that freaked me out a bit. But in the actual game itself, I didn't have any, any motion sickness. No one even brought that up. So it was perfectly fine. And I think the reason why you don't get motion sickness is because you're moving. You know, like you're... You're do what you're doing is reflective in the game. It's not like yeah. it's not counter counteractive with your what your mind is thinking. But... Uh, yeah. It was super, super fun. I highly recommend anyone that's near that area, just give it a shot, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. Okay. Well, that's uh, Star Wars Secret of the Empire. I guess that's at downtown Disney, you say? Yeah. You don't have to go to the parks. It's just outside of the parks in a little uh, uh, you know, promenade area. Yeah. And uh, anything else? Uh, last week, one last thing I did is uh, went to the Cirque du Soleil show. Uh, the one, the theme they have this year was... Uh, called Luzia. It's a Mexican-themed uh, show. I believe you went too, uh, and I, I quite enjoyed it. It was actually really fun. I dig the music. The story was pretty uh, fascinating. The acrobatics was uh, excellent, uh, although the contortionist was kind of freaky. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, for being a, a traveling, you know, modern-day traveling circus show, uh, you know, even compared to Vegas, it's not like as maybe extravagant as those it can be i guess uh but it was i was still uh, amazed by the show that they were able to do yeah it, what's interesting is that although it's a mexican theme and and the music uh, is mexican theme as well the actors aren't all mexican and there's a quite a variety of uh, different people there mm-hmm. and uh, it seems like it's just i guess they hire whoever can do these stunts you know and yeah it's really interesting to see that um 
kind of it was a bit of a disconnect when I was like I thought it was going to be very much a authentic performance, mm. uh, but it's not because it's 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 more like a show that is inspired, you right. know, by Mexican culture. Um, and I think it's a little bit different in that respect, but I still enjoyed it. I had a great time with it. Me too. And then, uh, and the, uh, being like you know quite the quote unquote cheaper of the shows, this was well worth it. I thought. Yeah, you just like a good two and a half hours potentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yep. with intermission, um, I really dug the 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 one with the um, uh, the birds. The I don't know the hummingbirds. That that segment was cool. The one with the the, the teeter tots. Uh, There's a lot of cool segments in there. I highly recommend it if you do that. It it legitimately made me feel like a kid, like watching a circus. So. Uh, highly enjoyable. I will say uh, this does cost less than a standard Cirque du Soleil show, but mm-hmm. oh boy, do they get you on parking? Uh, right. Twenty five uh, bucks. We Ubered there, so oh, <laughs> it saves the cost smart. on that. So you're smart. <laughs> yeah. I figured because uh, Dodger Stadium is never cheap on parking. So. Yeah, I mean, but it's cost more than a game. I think it, a game it would cost like maybe fifteen, but this was twenty five dollars. So yeah. um, you know, right there. yeah, seriously. <laughs> So, and it was kind of nice because the stage is very circular and it spins. It doesn't really matter where you sit, I believe. That it doesn't. It's not nothing really obstructive, which is nice. Yeah, it's a great seat, no matter where you go. And I don't know that it's going to be in LA much longer. It's going to be traveling. I think it's going to go to Orange County next. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be on the lookout for that if you're interested in that sort of thing. This is the last week in Dodger Stadium. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Let's get into some movies, James. I didn't get a chance to see anything, but it seems like you got a couple of items here. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with one since it's the most recent, uh, based on the Super Bowl trailer. Um, during the Super Bowl, they actually revealed the trailer for the third Cloverfield movie, and it was a crazy mic drop because uh, after the trailer, it says now on Netflix. Uh, so this was kind of a cool trend, I guess, where they announced the movie, they show the trailer, and you can watch it immediately. Hope it's something that uh, they do more often. Uh, and the movie itself, it was enjoyable. I wouldn't say it's the best out of the three. Um, this one definitely ties in more, I guess you could say, with the other two, or at least uh, events that that happened to the other two. This one's primarily all in space. But what I found kind of uh, was only what I found a little disappointed was it's not very original in terms of its plot. It feels kind of like a, a little bit of elements from other things that we've seen already, even one as recently as that movie life that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it's not like aliens or anything like that, but it has elements of sunshine has elements of uh, event horizon. Um, but it is interesting. It has a, a decent cast that you'll be recon- you'll recognize them like uh, Baron Zemo from civil war, um, David Ayala from Selma, uh, Zhang Ziyi from Crouching Tiger. I haven't seen her for a long time, but she's there. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Basically, the concept is is that uh, the Earth's their energy sourcing is, is something. There's some sort of energy crisis, so they have to go in space to try to find another source for to save the world. And uh, doing that, it causes some sort of ripple effect, which uh, causes. Uh, things to happen and also affect the, the world as well. So I don't want to say anything without spoiling it, especially if you're interested. But I, I will say that this one directly ties more so to the first movie and then which can give you ideas of the second movie. So, Well, well what's interesting is that it uh, is in space, whereas the other ones were a little more grounded in reality. Right. Um, um, to, to some extent, I guess. Ultimately, it was a big monster. But, uh, right. you know, in terms of it took place on Earth. 
whereas the other one is straight up in space. Does that right. That's uh, yes, but there's no uh, there's no monster or anything like that in this movie. But you can see what the because of the the events that happen in this movie reflect into the other two movies. Like in timeline timeline wise, let's yeah. say this this doesn't take place after those two other movies. And now here's the important question. You mentioned this movie was okay to you. Mm-hmm. So what I want to know is put this on the ranking of Netflix movies right next to Bright. <laughs> Would you rather watch this or Bright? <laughs> uh, uh, I was entertained by both. Uh, I found Bright a little bit more original. Uh, so I was kind of more into that than I was <laughs> the Cloverfield. It's not, none of, both of them are not bad movies. I just thought uh, Cloverfield Paradox was just the weakest of the three in terms of its execution. But it had good ideas. Uh, same thing with Bright. <laughs> same thing has some good ideas. Execution not the greatest. So I would say they're on par. I, clearly both of them not the worst movies ever though. Yeah, but it seems like Netflix doesn't have these kind of like slam dunk, oh, you have to see these movies. They're awesome. In a way that kind of the shows sometimes are, it's not quite that way for the movies, unfortunately. Yeah, they're, they're a little hit or miss. I think the last great one is that um, Idris Elba one, Beast of No Nation. That's a heavy movie. Uh, that you, you it was very heavy. Movie. Uh, but they are at least still all entertaining. I'm not sure what's holding them back as of yet uh, or the licensing, because I guess maybe people that are making these movies, um, they want you know bigger distribution and doesn't sell to Netflix. I don't know the specific case. Because from what I read for Cloverfield, that's what it was. This was already made for theaters or movies, but uh, Netflix uh, decided to get the rights to it to stream it on their service. So... Uh, whatever the bidding war is or how that works, because it's not like something that Netflix decided to produce on their own. They licensed the movie. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, on a similar note, I actually just thought of it as Mudbound as another Netflix movie and I actually got nominated for some right. Um which I'm curious about that one. I want to check that out as well. Yeah, same here. I haven't seen that yet. So if you do, let me know how it is. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, I saw the newest DC animated movie called Gotham by Gaslight. I think you really dig this. I'm I'm pretty sure there's probably a comic on this. I have not read it personally, but it's pretty much just Batman in uh, the 1800s or basically the timeline where Jack the Ripper exists. So um, you, it's cool. It's a cool take seeing characters that you know, uh, but f- retrofitted into these kind of worlds. Uh, like Batman's still a rich guy, <laughs> you know, still a rich dude. He's still he still fights crime and stuff like that, but it's interesting. Like Poison Ivy is not uh, a lady that you know um, controls controls uh, plants. She's just a dancer at this at this bar. Uh, it's cool. You see these hoodlums, these little three kids hoodlums. They're all named after the Robins. So there's a Jason, there's a Tim. They call him Little Tim and uh, uh, Dick. So. It's cool. I, I, basically, it's Jack the Ripper. It's basically Batman versus Jack the Ripper, and that's the mystery. So Jack the Ripper is killing all these ladies. Uh, you know, one of them Poison Ivy, one of them uh, Catwoman, uh, Zatanna, and all that stuff. But uh, the whole mystery is him trying to figure out who this person is, uh, tracking him down, and doing all this stuff. So it's pretty much Batman, but in a retro time period, which was a cool, refreshing take. I'd recommend it. Yeah, I think there was a comic book based on it. This idea or the concept sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to check this out. Uh, where is it available on? Is it just like pay-per-view at this point? Uh, right now, I think so. Yeah, you can either rent it or uh, uh, on digitally or stream it, mm-hmm. but you have to pay for it. So yeah, that's one. And another one I would uh, say, 
give it a shot. Maybe watch the first episode and see that you're interested in is this TV show, another Netflix series called Altered Carbon. I've only seen the first like three episodes so far. And uh, I saw the pilot as well, um, but that's it. So I'd like okay. to just kind of give my impressions based okay. off of the uh, pilot. But you say you saw, you've seen three episodes. Yeah. Uh, so basically, if anyone doesn't know, Altered Carbon is, uh, I guess, based on a book. And it's a very steampunk future, uh, very reminiscent of Blade Runner in terms of its world. Um, I don't know if it's steampunk, though. Not steampunk. What's the word of that? Just, uh, just like sci-fi. Yeah, but oh, the cyberpunk, world, cyberpunk. cyberpunk, yeah, cyberpunk, yeah. that's the word, yeah, my bad, steampunk <laughs> is the opposite way, um, uh, very reminiscent of that in terms of its world and its tone, I thought the the concept is very Ghost in the Shell-ish as well, um, where they, you can get your conscious into another body and then move it on to another body, and then he's solving crimes kind of like uh, how uh, the uh, Decker was in Blade Runner. It's interesting so far. I think it's a, it moves a little too slow for me at for the three episodes that I saw. I'm still willing to give it a shot because I really like uh, you know hard sci-fi stuff. Um, but what do you think of it so far? Um, so the show looks great. Um, it seems like it has a high production value, and I was initially very intrigued by it because I thought this main character is going to be this Asian guy. It was in the beginning and I'm like, wow, look at this. This is very original. It's like going to have like an Asian main character. And uh, he seemed like a really, you know, interesting person. And then, uh, you know, something happens to this character very quickly in the first episode. <laughs> of course. And he is replaced by a just probably the most generic looking <laughs> white guy, but yeah. he has a he's six pack. And right. this guy is just, um, I had to look up what other movies he was it in. Was a suicide squad. Up. Joel Kinnaman, he also played RoboCop in the remake. That's of right. RoboCop. He was in RoboCop. I forgot and about this, that. This guy to me is like just like some John Cena type of dude, just with a <laughs> very monotone voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I immediately started liking the show a lot less. Just kind of like, okay, we're really gonna stick with this guy. Yeah, um, it's he's like probably by far the worst aspect. Of it. Yeah. So everyone else seems really interesting and. Uh, a good variety to the cast there, but uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stick around with the show, but I, I'm intrigued in the concept and I want to keep going with it. And yeah. so, but it's just, I'm not a fan of this uh, main character here. Yeah, very, apparently he's not a white person in the books as well. So a lot of uh, whitewashing going on. So that's why I kind of really kind of like the Ghost in the Shell, which is very similar, extremely similar uh, to that as well. Because remember it had a, it was, I guess, you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson character is a reborn version of that Asian girl, and it's kind of. But in this one, it's it's a little weird because they still give. He still has his Asian name, uh, at least compared to the most. And that's what's even show. more like kind of reminding you of it, you know. <laughs> and then his sister is also well, obviously she was Asian because right originally, um, you know. And then you know it's very diverse because his wife kind of seems like she's uh, potentially a black lady or something, mm-hmm. but I'm not quite sure. But and then it's just, you know, and I get it is that that's just the body that they threw him in. But I just think the show would have been far more interesting with a different type of casting if it would have been flipped around. In other words, started with this guy mm. and, then, you know, in the uh, gone the other direction. I think it would have been interesting, but uh, we'll see. Um, it, it seems like people are digging the aesthetic of it, but I don't know that there's a lot of huge buzz around this show. Would you say? Uh, not yet. Anyways, I think the overall mystery isn't as interesting 
as of yet. I think that's why maybe the first few episodes arc is, or maybe the next few arcs is better. But uh, so far, it's just it's just middling. It just looks pretty. Um, but beyond that, I don't know yet. I still don't know. I don't think it's as good as other sci-fi shows that are out there, kind of like Expanse or uh, even Star Trek, uh, to me, anyway. So, but it does look extremely pretty, uh, and I'll give it that. How far did you get on Expanse, by the way? Uh, I'm on the. Sec- I've already uh, finished the second season, so waiting for whenever the third comes out. But you? Nice. Um, I would say I'm probably maybe six episodes into season one. Okay. I want to continue it, but one thing I realized that I m- I might have waited too late on this, but it seems like only season one is on Amazon. Oh. Huh. Um. So I got to double check that. I I I hope I'm wrong, but. Uh, if it is, the show seems solid enough that I would probably pay for that, but uh, we'll see. Maybe by the time I get around to it, they'll re-edit it. The thing they just nice. added to Amazon that I would recommend uh, you checking out is uh, Mr. Robot. Watch that first episode. If you, because every because I thought that first episode was great, and it continues that uh, quality the rest of the show, uh, that first season. Um, um, I first have episode I shot. have seen probably half the season of season one, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things that like. You ever are interested in something, but then just other things come up and you completely forget about it, <laughs> and even though you like the show, right? Okay, well, that makes sense. you binge everything, but like for me, like I was like, oh, I'm liking this, and I and I think I was traveling at the time, so I was like downloading it offline uh, and watching it like on my Kindle little device, and uh, but I just forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, that that's one that's like so underlooked, and it's such a high. It feels like a such a high production show. Like its style is extremely good, um, but that's something that they just recently added season two on. So if uh, you d- dug that, just uh, continue on to the second one. Okay. Well, uh, I've been watching something on the complete opposite of sci-fi here, and this is a, a documentary, and this is called uh, Dirty Money. It's on Netflix. And uh, this is from a documentary. He's apparently he's won an Oscar. Uh, Alex Gibney, uh, known for his documentaries on Enron and WikiLeaks, mm. and basically it is a collection of six documentaries. Most of them are about an hour. Some of them go a little bit past that. And uh, for me, it, it got off right to an exciting start because the first episode was talking about the Volkswagen diesel cover-up. Wow! Already? Uh, yeah, and. Uh, this was something that I had one of these cars, so it, I was very closely tied to it. And uh, I enjoyed it very much. And uh, some of the upper, other episodes they talk about was that guy, Martin Screlly and the pharmaceutical oh, yeah. uh, you know, medicine and, and all the scandals that he was into. Uh, the, one of the later episodes is about Donald Trump, his uh, you know, image as a businessman, quote unquote. And uh, it talks about other kind of – it's really like corporate greed and, and really – when just people trying to be ripping people off. And uh, it seems like if you're interested in kind of hearing the backstories on these things, it's uh, something that I would recommend. I think James, if you, I know you like cars, this would be interesting to kind of see how deep the scandal went with, uh, with the diesel stuff and all of them are separate. So you don't have to commit to multiple episodes. So it's a series. It's a series, but each one is a different scandal. I see. Okay. Yeah. Is this on Netflix? Yeah. It's called dirty money. Okay. Sounds interesting. Yeah, and uh, that was about it for me. Kind of a light week. Um, but aside from that, what have you been playing? Let's talk about some video games. Uh, it's honestly, not much. I've been pretty busy this week. I did pop in uh, the Batman Origins, Arkham Origins that you uh, let me in. went in probably an hour into that again. I still love these games. These are the best action games that 
Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I just dug the the IP. I'm way into Batman. I like how they treat the character and uh, how very close to the source material they are with everything. Um, and I totally forgot a lot what happened in this in this origins, but I, I dig it a lot. I like the Christmas uh, over the Christmasness uh, of this specific um, story, but. Uh, probably something I'll probably rebeat again soon, especially for the Chivos. I originally beat this on PC when it came out, so uh, just blazing through it just to get through the story again. Yeah, this is a game that uh, for me, literally on the first boss fight um, with uh, Deathstroke, is it Deathstroke? Mm-hmm. Deathstroke. Yeah. Um, I literally had to set the game on easy. I could not uh, pass it. <laughs> on normal <laughs> did you not get the timing down or I, what? Just, I, I don't have the timing for those kind of rhythm based systems i see um and but once i got to that point it was fine and then i was able to pass the game no problem mm. uh it, it a lot of people crapped on this game but it just was doing more of the same it wasn't breaking any new ideas but right. there's nothing wrong with that and I think the the games press sometimes gets a little bit too like oh you didn't try anything new it's automatically gonna be um a weaker game but it's not true and and i've enjoyed games that have done that um you know i'm thinking of also assassin's creed uh, what i was about to say this is yeah, the assassin's one, creed to uh, uh rogue <laughs> assassin's creed rogue or or many of the assassin's creed origins some of the other ones in the series but right. um yeah i mean if it's done well and it tells a new story it's more of what you like. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. And boy, do they do a great job in terms of just the presentation of like the cutscenes and um, just the in-game story with uh, the characters. I, I really want Rocksteady, um, that company, to just make Batman's Forever. But I don't think they're doing that next. Uh, but th- I don't know. I can, I can always play these games. I don't know. Something about them. Yeah. Did you get a chance to try out Monster Hunter? Uh, not yet. I know I have it uh, via Mondo, but I haven't been able to pop in yet. I'm kind of scared. It's one of those games that uh, if I'm 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 thinking that you know it's it's everyone's like liking it, but I'm probably not that person that's going to like uh, the game. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. I want to talk about that, dude, because this is one of those things where you got to be careful when you're listening to a podcast. And I know we're on a podcast, so we're hypocritical here, but we're going to tell it to you how it is. Damn it. And <laughs> You got to be careful with some of the hype on this because like everyone's like, oh, we're trying Monster Hunter and you're going to see it everywhere. But I think very few people are trying to break it down for it. Like if you're not if you haven't played any of these, are you going to enjoy it? And it seems like initially people were like, oh, it's so much more accessible and things like that. But I think a lot more people are kind of admitting it now that it's kind of the same thing in the sense that it has a high learning curve and. You know, there's not much of a story to it. It just really is trying to go collect these monsters and, and get better gear for yourself. And I don't know if that's enough of a kind of thing to reel me in like that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I mean, if the game is uh, gameplay is fine, uh, I'll probably... I'm still going to give it a shot regardless if the gameplay is fine or not, but just to get my own thoughts on it. Um, but I, from what I'm hearing, which is the thing that kind of turned me off on it, is that you're going to be doing a lot of the same missions over and over and again. And you know me, I'm not into that. <laughs> so oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's what I'm a little fearing. It really depends on how uh, how well that gameplay mm-hmm. is. So I, I'll give it a shot initially and see if I can get over that learning curve hump. 
Um, but I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm still open to giving it a shot. I'm just a little t- not as hyped as everyone is on yeah. it so far right now. Um, but I will give it a shot and I'll report back on that and see how. And, and also, I want you to pay attention to it. One of the things that I'm hearing is that it's not quite as easy to pop in and out of someone's game. Like, apparently, you have to either start the mission together or if someone wants to join you, they have to watch like a cutscene and then they have to start from a very far place and eventually catch up to you where you are in the world as opposed to just kind of jumping in right next to you Mm -hmm. and another thing too is i hear that it's not very uh optimized for any of the consoles uh all four of them so even if you're on the pro or on the x it's not really the greatest uh it can be even in uh the 60 frames uh per second mode which apparently doesn't hit it that often um and even here reports that the X runs worse than the Pro in certain aspects because it's trying to run at a higher resolution. But uh-huh. in, in the end, it's not running better uh, uh, overall. So uh, maybe by the time I get to it, it's been patched a lot and then it gets better from there. But I'm still, I'll, I'll give it a shot this weekend. I'll report back. Yeah, and uh, you know, even I talked to Mondo just to get his initial impressions. He didn't seem too blown away by it. I'll let him report more on it next week but uh, yeah so kind of mixed reviews at least from us regular folks n- us non-critics here <laughs> well what i could recommend is the division which is only 15 bucks now highly recommended because you don't need to buy dlc for that game you don't need any of the season passes you have everything uh plus all the free updates that it came out with i still think that was one of the most underrated of these live uh style games which had so much content even before the end game, uh, at launch, only the end game was probably the most uh, disappointing part of it. Uh, but that was after 60 hours of the main game itself, which there were so much things to do. Uh, but I hear, they, well, I, I tried popping in the other day, and there's just so much things to that game now, I guess, for end game stuff. But I have no clue what to do anymore. So if you're open to getting it, I'll be play- I can play with, with you in that. And that's something you can easily jump in and out. And you don't need to have mandatory uh co-op uh for any of the modes there because you can either match make with people or you can just do it yourself so something i would recommend for that type Uh, of game i'll I'll think about it but i'll tell you some of my hesitations on that game is uh it's it's very much based in reality so you don't see any extravagant pieces of armor or weapons and even the characters themselves, it's kind of you have to suspend your disbelief that when someone is like a higher tier character, but he's still a human being mm-hmm. and he's taking a ton of bullets going into him. I think you can suspend your disbelief a little bit better for an alien, <laughs> but not so much for just a regular person. So, yeah, I can um, see that with the aesthetics, but uh, I don't know. I think the gameplay itself outside of the aesthetics is the best part of it. Yeah, that, that's fair. But when I when I think of the cool things that I like about, and I'll throw in uh, Assassin's Creed in there, it's just like, you know, I got like a bow and arrow that uh, has a flame on it and that it makes people fall asleep and, <laughs> you know, cool stuff like that. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll give it some thought. I, I, there's, I've been building up a backlog and I don't know how you handle this, James, but like, you know, we get all these xbox live games with gold and i don't get a chance to like play them all and i kind of want to try to make my way through some of them and even if i don't finish it to be able to say like okay like you know I, this goes far back as thief which was one of the first ones they did for xbox one <laughs> right i never tried it out and i want to be able to say okay this seems interesting or and then i can 
either delete it if I don't like it or try to, you know, actually play it and see, get my money's worth, you know? That's true. Because what's going to happen, dude? And I was thinking about this. What's going to happen when that Xbox Game Pass comes out and you just got a ton of games and it's just you're dipping your toes into everything, but you don't really like sink your teeth into anything to kind of like finish it up. Well, the thing is that it's always going to be there as long as you're paying for it. So, and you know, not, it's not like a new game is out every every day, uh, although it feels like it lately, uh, just through the holidays. But and I honestly don't think there's much in the summer other than the sports games. Uh, and until the next, because uh, I know what, what's coming big next, just Sea of Thieves. Um, That's March. Uh, okay, and then uh, April is going to be God of War. Right. Yeah, so those are going to take us into, you know, so let's say we get God of War in April, I would say till you know, easy mid-May. Yeah, but I mean, between May right? through September, that's still a lot of time there. I mean, I understand we could still be playing Sea of Thieves, we could still be playing uh, all these other ongoing games monster hunter and all that stuff too but i don't know i i like playing to new things i can for me i have the ability to stop playing those games if i need to uh and then going for the new hotness that's out there so um i don't know i don't find it that hard if it, especially if the game is really good whatever the new one is out i'll be willing to play it again and then like it gives me anxiety it's like oh i haven't played these games oh i'm adding another game to my list and i haven't even played it <laughs> and <laughs> like and then and then like uh Destiny has the expansion in May, and then I got one more item on my season pass for Assassin's Creed. I think that comes out in February. Um, so, you know, because I actually just passed the uh, Assassin's Creed Origin DLC. Um, you know what I liked about this one is that they put in a lot of resources to help level up your character pretty quickly. And just the quests themselves are worth a lot more than they were when you were trying to get through levels one through 40. And I think, oh, wow. I think they just wanted you to blast through because it, it raises the level cap by like five. And I think they just wanted you to blast through those levels um, so that by the end of that DLC, you're ready to go for the next one, which again will raise the level cap. And, you know, uh, you haven't gotten to the, yeah, but when you're trying to raise your armor pieces up to the gold tier, there's these things called carbon and they're super rare in the base game. They're hard to find. Whereas they're pretty much everywhere in in, uh, in the DLC, so I mean, you get your money's worth. You're paying for an expansion, so it's nice to be able to level up your character. Was uh, at least the story any good? Yeah, um, it it continues the story. It almost is like a kind of pro no no epilogue mm-hmm. to where where the game left off. Um, but I want to say this, and and hmm. okay, the game is called Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm-hmm. And I will say that the base game, I don't think explores that enough, if you know what I mean, right? Compared to the expansions you're saying, or just in general? Just in general, okay. Um, right? It, it, it's not talking about the origins of the assassins mm-hmm. and this and that. It's, it is a good story about Bayek, the main character, and with some light touches on the Assassin's Guild. <laughs> so do you think this yeah. was once not an Assassin's Creed game, but ended up being an Assassin's Creed game in the end, just by throwing a title on it? I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, someone had said that. I don't know if it was a rumor or whatever, but there had prior to this, it had been one of the biggest rumors that, oh, they're going to make Assassin's Creed in Egypt, you know, because it was such an automatic thing. You know, it's like, it's a ton of history there, a great uh, uh, landmarks to see. Um, so... I don't think so, okay. um, but uh, yeah. Uh, one of the things since I've talked about this game that they're going to uh, add in next 
uh, month, actually, uh, yeah, February. So in a couple of weeks, uh, is and this is free to all versions of the game. Hmm. Is the ex- explorer mode, and this is pretty cool. Which is it lets you play through the game or t- tour the game to see the historical sites with no combat, and you're legitimately learning about uh, the places that you visit in Egypt. Um, that sounds cool. It's like a little like bit a, of a, yeah, like a little history lesson or going to yeah, exactly. And uh, what's what's funny is I think they let you play characters that you wouldn't play in the game, like Cleopatra and oh. stuff like that. <laughs> so, uh, but you're just using them as an avatar to kind of walk around while they, um, while they give you the history of what's going on over there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that if you uh, have Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah. And aside from that, uh, Mondo, Rooney, and I had a bit of a reunion in Destiny mm. 2. We, we played the Iron Banner to kind of see what changes were made. Um, one of the things that was new this time is they let you buy the pieces of armor outright, which is cool because everyone got to complete the set. Uh, Mondo seemed to get hooked by it again. This was his favorite type of event, and he definitely played a ton of it. And uh, I'm not saying I'm like 100% back on track, but I like some of the changes that they're doing. Um, and I think there's going to be enough changes that when May comes along, I'll definitely kind of be interested in playing it again. But overall, at this point, there's nothing radical to say it has transformed the game completely. Hmm. Um, so there, it's incremental progress, but they're, I feel like they're really coming from a, vac- uh, a place of being very far behind. And apparently there's a tons of reports that this particular Iron Banner event has some of the lowest numbers that they've ever recorded. There's a ton of people not playing the game anymore. Oh. And in fact, a number of the most famous Destiny streamers have like straight up gone to play other games. Like there's a couple of guys posting videos on Monster Hunter and uh, things like that. So um, yeah, it's very much has taken a lot of ripples throughout the Destiny community. It just this game is not as strong as the other one was. Well, I think it needs to make a drastic change either way to get something back i don't know uh but i don't know it's was too much to me it was just too much more of the same and maybe that's what's going on and it wasn't enough of a change especially for the hardcore people or maybe too much of a change i don't well, know it, it almost seems like it wasn't enough of the same right uh, for for the hardcore people for you it seemed like the same but for the hardcore they spotted the differences right right and it wasn't those you know they didn't kind of just something that they parlay <laughs> yeah. right hmm. yeah i'm not exactly sure but uh i don't know well, maybe hopefully they'll get back on track yeah um all right uh james any news of the week you want to share i haven't been able to keep track but off the top of my head anything big uh, just these rumors. What is it that uh, that Microsoft may be buying EA or Valve or something like that? That's interesting news, but I don't know if it's not worth discussing based on rumors unless it actually happens. But well, it would be cool if you know that that's like a huge monopoly, and not monopoly, but that's a lot of a uh, chunk of change that they would have to drop for those companies. And I something that I don't think is going to happen. So. Uh, I kind of read up on this and what I understand was that was taken out of context. And basically they were talking about Microsoft potentially um, hiring or not hiring, buying a big developer. And, and they gave an example, you know, it could be something big like valve or, and they gave (laughs) examples like that. Mm -hmm. And then somebody saw that and then spun it off with that headline 
that they were that Microsoft was interested in buying these companies and it got completely blown out of proportion. <laughs> and that kind of secondary person, whoever that was that started this, didn't even do the initial reporting and is then kind of spreading all these rumors. So that's how that's how fake news, and I hate using that term, but that's how fake news gets started, man. Yeah, true that. It, 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 <laughs> people don't do research. It spreads like wildfire. <laughs> but, but what I do think is the, the grain of truth is that I do think that Microsoft is interested in purchasing something because they got to have more exclusives, especially if they're going to be charging people for this service and to get more Microsoft games in there. Oh, I mean for the Game Pass? Yeah. Uh, true that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they can do. I mean, if they some big drop at E3 is that they bought uh, a major developer, that would be nice. The only ones I can see reasonable or realistically is uh, the, the guys that make Hitman, IO Interactive. I can see him maybe buying Crystal Dynamics, the people that make Rise of uh, the Tomb Raider games, um, but nothing as big as EA or Valve, uh, maybe Gearbox, I don't know. But uh, it's weird to think that uh, these companies are even for sale to even to be doing that. So we'll see. Right. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and as for me, I kind of mentioned it, but it was just a uh, – Updates announced for both Destiny and Assassin's Creed, um, and they confirmed that May was going to be the uh, expansion pass, which will then kick off Season 3. Um, that is included in the Season Pass if you purchased it, so I've already bought it, so it's going to be coming in. Um, so we'll see. And one big change was that, you know, they had made Destiny 2 4 versus 4 for multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people complain that they missed out on having six versus six, and that's going to be coming back. Um, I guess let me see what month in March. <laughs> see how easy it is. You could have done that four by four last game, but I mean, you didn't need a sequel for that. But it's if you can easily add, or not easily, but like if you can add players and remove players, it's not a big change in my opinion. It's just a player. Well, but I I think we're seeing how hard it is because. People started complaining about this since the game launched, and this isn't even able to come in until the March update. And by the way, they said this is going to be an Iron Banner thing, and I don't know if that's going to be applied towards all game modes. So it may be a limited thing right. because I don't think they want to completely. Player, you know, like player count is reliant heavily on uh, the map or the map that right. For. They've all been designed for right. players, right? So yeah we'll see how that uh turns out so that means they got to so, come up with new maps or something or rework the well maps. there are a couple of uh like throwback maps that came from destiny one oh, there you go so we, maybe you'll kind of yeah yeah 100 <laughs> well you know to be fair you know games like call of duty they do that and everybody loves it because they're the, they're the classic right. maps right mm-hmm. and and halo does it to some effect right uh to some effect yeah there's historical maps that people love right true but it's with the new game type, or the at least with the new game system or mechanics. I mean, right. uh, Destiny One and Two, the mechanics didn't seem too different. That's all. Well, they are different. You just don't spot yeah. them. That's fair. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not for the casual fan. Uh-huh. I guess. Um. It well, it is, and I think that's the problem. <laughs> what that it's <laughs> that it is for the casual. No, fan. I meant to, to spot the difference from the first game. Oh yeah. Game. So right. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, uh, I don't know. It's going to be a, kind of a short show for us, yeah. but I don't know what else we can talk about. <laughs> um, it's kind of a short week on movies, or or not short week, but like there's not a lot of big releases coming out. Yeah, it's early, early months, so there's not much in general. Yeah. 
Oh, you know what? I I take it back. Black Panther is going to kick us off. Last week. That's next week. Not two weeks. Um, Well, it's next Friday. Yeah, next Friday um, from when we're recording. But then by the time we do our show, so we won't be able to report on it until about two weeks from now, basically. after, so... Excited yeah. for that, especially uh, with Avengers coming up so soon. Oh, well, speaking of that, uh, it's kind of wild that the new Star Wars movie is in May. So it's like the same month as Avengers. Um, Avengers is in the beginning of May, and then Star Wars is at the end of May. It's and We're used to the cycle of being every December, uh, but this specific yeah. one is in the summer. But you know what? That's going to make it feel like even such a longer thing by the time episode nine, uh, yeah. nine comes around, doesn't it? <laughs> That's true, because it won't be the actual year. we got to wait a year and a half now. So Yeah. Well. Um, now, that said, I am excited because then I don't have to kind of go dark as long in regards to Solo. <laughs> but that means i got to have this campaign for going dark on episode nine for, for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I had to kick off the, that promotion, the marketing for that, so. We'll see. When I start seeing it at Target, it's all, it's all over. over. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, great. You can't go out there anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all for me this week. All right. Well, that's going to be it for me as well. Mondo, uh, hope you can join us next week, buddy. And uh, for everyone else, have a good night. Good night. <laughs>